0: Do, 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 mm-hmm. do, do, do. Today's episode of the Natural Habitat podcast is brought to you by Unsolicited Opinions with Awesome Ty. You didn't ask for him, but he brings him. You are goddamn right. We actually were just on an episode. Myself and Joey here. We did uh, the Unsolicited Opinions with Awesome Ty musical draft. The first ever. Go there and vote on our, on our mixtapes that we assembled. It's available on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher. Tune in Radio, other places, somewhere else, and everywhere that podcasts are distributed. So.
1: And vote for Joey's.
0: Uh, I'm going to edit that out. So, Oh, shit. I, we, that's it. Our news music is done. <laughs> it's hard to Our find music? a long one. Our music. Um, yeah. Damn. Unsolicited Opinions with Awesome Tie. It's also available at naturalhabitatpodcast.com slash awesome tie.
1: And it's brought to you by Ricky Bobby Inc.
0: You are goddamn right today it's saturday we're gonna go uh no we all we were already in the theater uh in our new building actually and we're just uh you know we've been walking around checking everything out this morning and now we're gonna sit in our new chairs and do a saturday matinee for anchorman
1: you almost forgot huh i did (laughs) 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 you were gonna say ghostbusters or something i knew The Natural Habitat Podcast.
2: The Natural Habitat Podcast.
0: Thank you for tuning into the Natural Habitat Podcast, everybody. My name is Ron Bergen Dabs.
1: Oh, oh. My name is News Anchor number two.
0: <laughs> news Anchor number two. Um, so we are here in our, uh, in our brand new studio that Pat and, Pat and Nat have moved us into. Um, we are now... Don't
1: ask us what their whole names are because we don't know.
0: Yeah, we don't know yet. We still have yet to meet them. It's uh it's Only been, been
1: a the glass.
0: Yeah, it's been a very elusive feels
1: feels kinda like prison.
0: Mirror glass kind of situation, one sided mirror. And um so they moved us into this new place. We're in uh in Malibu, California, right near the beach. Boy! Uh we're we're in a more humble building this time. It's just a two story building. Uh upstairs is this recording studio and right. Uh, And then we have the double-sided glass and we have no idea what's on the other side of this double-sided glass So there's a whole nother, you know, the recording studio is pretty small Relatively and this building is very big. So I don't know what's on the rest of the second story and the lower floor is all um, beanbag uh, chairs and swivel TVs hanging from from the uh, from the ceilings
1: very uh 70s vibe ron Ron burgundy would feel right at home
0: yeah it's super fresh in there and you know i like the feel go out on the beach we could uh creep out some girls and um we could go to uh we can go to freak show isn't that here
1: on the boardwalk
0: yeah the Venice beach boardwalk right Mm -hmm. is that anywhere near where we are no no all right well uh beach bro like you guys, you guys know, like always, they blindfold us every time that we come into the studio. It's some sort of, uh, so we don't come in and use it when they're gone or something like that. I don't know. We really need to get self-sufficient and self-sustained to where we don't need executives. Like, oh, well, no, look. We love Pat and Nat. We love them. We're appreciative for everything. Joey, can I talk to you over here real quick? Hey, what's up? I really think that we could, like, do this on our own instead of, you know, having the studio that we can't come in and can't have the beanbag chairs and everything. So it's like, I, I, f- I feel weird that we work here and that we don't know what's on the other side of this class.
1: Well, uh, they're paying for shit right now, so.
0: Yeah, okay, that's a great point, and that's why you're here. Okay, let's get back to it. All right. <laughs> so um, this morning, we were in our brand-new theater downstairs in the basement, uh, and it's really exactly like the first floor it's just bean bags and TVs so we were chilling down there watching uh today's film which is Anchorman what yeah and this is one of those movies that is quotable as fuck it's a classic pretty much every single scene is out of control crazy and a lot of production companies said hey guys this movie can't be done you can't make a movie about Anchorman And have it be an hour and a half long. There's no way that you could do it. And a lot of people wouldn't buy the script. until, And it finally, you know, someone finally picked it up. I want to say it was Paramount. Maybe not. And uh, they released it. And it did good. As we can tell.
1: Well, I I don't know. I don't know how they would have thought otherwise. Yeah. I mean, like, I get it, right? Um, It's kind of a gamble with... Betting on somebody like Will Ferrell because like you never know, you think it's gonna be good, but it's hard to like it's hard to take somebody like him serious, you know, because he probably is like popping off weird shit all the time. So it's like you never know what is to be expected or like what's a joke or like any of that, you know yep. what I'm saying? It's always like
0: especially with this to be
1: determined.
0: When you w- imagine being, you know, like a like an executive at Paramount. And you're in charge of all this money that they have to, you know, allocate to scripts and people that are making projects. And you get in trouble if you give a bunch of money to someone that makes a flop. You know what I mean? And if you do too many, you get fired. So imagine having, you know, Will Ferrell or anybody famous for this matter come in with a script like Anchorman and just lay out the character for you. How he's like a chauvinistic fucking like, you know, classic 70s male. And like how he's like borderline retarded, but also really smart in like a strange kind of way. Yeah. And he's like has the swagger, and it's like a man's man. And it's like, you know, reading that, I'd be like, I don't know if I want to give you this money, bro. Like I understand why <laughs> they might have been a little, a little hesitant at first.
1: But yeah, no, he's he's definitely. He's just like you hear from a lot of people that work with him on like stuff and they say oh he's an asshole he never stops kidding around dah, 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 dah. but at the same time when i hear stuff like that i'm like okay this can't be real either yeah you know it's got to be part of the gag so like you never know it's all perception maybe we're perceiving it as something that it really isn't because then you look at like he's got to be somewhat normal you know so i mean I'm yeah sure, like, i mean when only go so far
0: when i hear that it makes me think of myself who is I, I can't stop joking around. And sometimes I'm an asshole, you know what I mean? So it sucks because people are assholes. You know what I mean? Everybody, every single person that's listening to this has been an asshole to somebody in the past year. And then afterwards you're like, man, that was kind of a dick move. And like, maybe you like apologize for it. Maybe you never saw him again. Maybe it's whatever, but it happens. But whenever a celebrity does it, they're under the microscope so every time that the tiniest little thing happens that humans do, it becomes this giant thing. I can't believe yeah. they did that. And it's like, yeah, so and what? it's
1: like picked apart by a million different ways. And
0: yeah. And then it turns into, Oh, Will Farrell's an asshole just because yeah. one time he was like, look, leave me alone, dude. I only have three hours until I have to fucking shoot and I'm <laughs> tired. So can you stop fucking knocking on my trailer? And then it turned into, he's an asshole. You know what I mean? So it's like, uh, I, I don't ever, I always take those stories with a grain of salt. About about celebrities, unless I hear actual audio or see video proof, and even in that yes, case, I, I don't I don't else, believe Michael Sarah. Be tricked, yeah, I don't believe the Michael Sarah shit.
1: Yeah, see, that's not real. Yeah, and it's like, and and that's part of it. That's what we don't. A lot of people don't see it, man. It's 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 all perception, and when people have no inner knowledge of like or of like how it, any of it works or like how the media really works or like how celebrities like plan ahead for shit like this or like whatever it is you know like a lo- people don't see like a lot of these are big productions a lot of these are like things that people have been working on for months and months to make this fucking insignificant meaningless thing seem normal when when in reality it's all a production you know just like fucking all that shit you know like the Michael Sarah shit that you saw or like yeah. Or like this fucking new Beyonce and jay-z shit that's going on or, or like a like,
0: birdman you know respect yeah, the, shit.
1: The, the, the birdman shit. you know what i mean like i mean it's all it's all perception and how you perceive it yeah yourself. like how like how you like were like, saying
0: where... i i don't know if you were saying it on the show or if it was just a conversation we were having but you were the one that told me that when drake put out his new album he put out a bunch of pdf files with the album that was all the pictures for people to make memes out of
1: yeah you know yeah saying? Look
0: on on his new album cover
1: where he's sitting on top of the building,
0: and it looks like a Grand Theft Auto loading screen.
1: Yeah, if you if you uh, did the math, it would make Drake fucking twelve foot tall. <laughs> so that that wasn't even a real photo either. You know, none of it is. It's all like it starts off in it, from jump. It starts off being a meme. Honestly, you know yeah. what I mean. So it's like, and and the way that he shoots his videos. He does it green screen, so you can basically do whatever you want with it, make whatever you want with it, you know? Like he understands he understands what the public's going to do with it anyways. Yeah.
0: And that's so what... he
1: doesn't prohibit it, he fucking inhibits it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? He's like, Okay, you guys are gonna make me the Jordan crying face meme. All right, motherfucker, take this and he puts on a fucking crazy sweater and does some awkward dancing and now he's the fucking next big thing you know and and he's the smartest dude in the world for doing it it's the same thing with like um beyonce's album has fucking 55 writers everybody thinks this is beyonce's album not one bit of it if, if you have 55 people writing your album, that's the 55 people's album. You're just singing it. Yeah, You're exactly. Just voice. You're just lending a voice. or She's just a tool for it. You're it's just an artist,
0: not a songwriter. Or, yeah, and, and yeah.
1: she's just an example from my point, you know, because it's happening with everybody. Drake as another one. If <laughs> There's this video I just posted um, recently. Um, I'll go put it in the podcast group so everybody can see it again, but... Um, Drake's new album. Every song on his new album is a sample from my old song, and and on the video it shows you where he took the sample from and who he took it from, and it's ridiculous, bro. Mm. He takes words and beats and everything. His whole album is just a compilation of other people's shit, yeah, turned in a new way, and and. And then at the same time, he has all kinds of writers and shit to help write his tracks, too. And that just takes it basically takes all the real out of it. So my point was to it is like if these are your real opinions or if these are your favorite artists you don't have an, uh, your own opinion. Yeah. Basically, you let everybody else form your opinion because you know they're the ones who put it all together. So like, they're forcing you to like this shit by making it mainstream. They're forcing you to be stupider by listening to fucking Young Thug and the, the shit that they choose to put on the radio opposed to other shit that they should be playing more conscious music yeah, or whatever that people want to hear,
0: like that J. Cole things.
1: or somebody who doesn't have features that fucking does a hundred percent on their own writes yeah. and does everything themselves, you know, like, like the real artists shine no matter what. J. Cole still goes platinum, dude. J. Cole goes platinum having no features or no fucking nothing from nobody.
0: Yeah.
1: And, and then, um, Beyonce and everybody else has to struggle to get there. Mm-hmm. With and all the
0: money and all the giant team, that this big old creator the, team, the
1: corporation that they are, exactly. So it's like, it's like if you like one over the other, and you don't fully understand it, yeah. You don't really and know it tripped me. On. Same with like news people, like Ron Burgundy, you know.
0: It tripped me out because like I always, uh, I always knew that there would be like ghostwriters and writing teams and people helping people write and shit. But I listened to like a lot of underground music when I was younger and like independent artists who all write their own shit. And, uh, like, I remember Yellow Wolf in particular when he released his latest album, Love Story. And we were talking about it on the podcast back when William Waffles was uh, on the show. We were like talking about the album and how it was coming out. We were all excited. We played like a couple tracks off of it. And then when it came out, I looked into it and I found out that he had like 15 writers and he only helped write. On like five of the songs and the rest of the songs he wasn't even involved in and I was like what the fuck he's got writers now So I look back at his old stuff and he's always had writers He's always had people writing for him more and more now because he has you know He's like on Interscope and shit, but even when it was like slow American He still had people that were helped like three or four dudes that were helping him write his songs and When you're like, you know, he's not the greatest example because he's not like the deepest artist But when you're like out here you know expressing yourself in music telling people stories about your life how you feel and you know giving life lessons a lot of people that listen to hip-hop in particular are lost in their lives they don't have you know these parent figures and they look up to these artists that they admire and you know that they idolize and shit. when you're young and like you don't know any better so if you're out here pushing like this life and these ideas and they're not even fucking yours you know what i mean and you're saying like this is me and this is my struggle and this is what i feel like when i do this but that's not even you that's like something else that's been formulated to hit a certain crowd hey, and you know it's what- weak
1: man it's weak and, and it sucks that people don't take the time to decide for the difference you know what i mean it's like people don't most people don't care they just like what they hear if, if they hear something that they like and they like it then they like it you know what i mean and they don't care why or they don't mm-hmm. care and that's fine too you know i guess that's cool too but that makes you like less makes your opinion less respectable to somebody who's like a real fan because a fans gonna like weigh out all these things like we do you know what i mean A fans gonna like take all these things into consideration and try to like break it down and see like what's really what's really what and we like you know what i mean it, it, it hinders other artists they do do it 100% on their own and yeah. you know what I mean so it really is it's just like we said it's all perspective it's all perception how you fucking view shit you know yeah. same thing like what what we heard about Will Ferrell is just like what other people say and why I didn't believe it is because it's fucking it's what other people say <laughs> you know what i'm saying so it's like yeah okay it makes me believe it on one hand and then at the same time it makes me not believe it because you know I'm not there i don't know i don't know him or whatever i'm sure he's probably one of the nicest guys ever too you know what i'm saying he seems that way he seems like a sweet guy you know yeah yeah he's probably funny as shit he's probably super nice you know what i mean like yeah if he fucking if you catch him on a bad time and he's an asshole i mean like that means he's human just like everybody else you know so who's to say
0: yeah so um i say that we get into this smoke sesh and uh brighten it up in here because i'm tired of these corporations Fucking telling me what's like
1: <laughs> yeah who's gonna sing to us
0: uh i have the perfect piece and this is the uh channel four news team Woo! singing a classic from the 70s afternoon delight everybody out there flick your bix snap your pics hashtag a manhp smoke sesh we can all smoke together well it's really quite simple
2: Thinking of you's working up my appetite Looking forward to a little afternoon delight Rubbing sticks and stones together a sparks ignite And the thought of loving you Is getting so exciting Sky rockets in flight Afternoon delight You guys have it, I think huh. Afternoon delight I don't know, Ron That sounds kind of crazy <laughs>
0: Dude that fucking is amazing.
1: Tell the world tell the world about your afternoon delight story.
0: My afternoon delight story? What is this story you're talking about? About the sex I had?
1: No about how you were trying to score earlier.
0: Oh yeah, I don't wanna get into that. It's already been pretty negative. <laughs> <laughs> let's uh <coughs> let's <laughs> let's talk about this film because this movie uh first of all have you seen the sequel yep did you know that it was made entirely from or mostly from just scrap footage from the first movie no and uh i didn't really i didn't really think about this until i read it but when they uh when they released the original trailer for the movie and did the promotional rounds for it and everything there's a lot of stuff that was in the trailers that were taken out of the film in the final cut and I remember seeing the preview where Ron got shot in the arm and then it was like him and Veronica and they were like uh, coming out of like an ambulance or something and he had like a bandaged arm and shit and nobody got shot the whole movie well I mean people got shot during the fight scene but there was a, uh, there was that and then there was like a couple other ones that just got taken out of the movie which is weird okay, to promote a movie, movie is one thing and then not even have the scenes in there
1: which movie are you talking about uh the first one yeah the first one Yeah. okay but what movie are you talking about it was the part two what do you mean because there's a wake up Ron Burgundy The Lost movie that was released on D V D in two thousand
0: four. Oh yeah, maybe that, that's the one that
1: that's the one that includes ninety-three minutes of abandoned subplots and alternate takes from the original film. But that's not the sequel.
0: Oh all right. And then The Legend Continues is the sequel that they shot. Yeah. As a as a new movie. Yeah. All right, all right. Uh that makes more sense because I was like, "How'd they get that whole fucking movie out of there?" And everybody looks a little bit older when they make yeah. the next one. Well, yeah, <laughs> and, then, and
1: the next movie is about something completely
0: different. Mm-hmm. But um, another thing that's that's dope that you could tell, and especially in the outtakes, is that a lot of this movie was improvised, and with the team that they had, it was like, uh, it was Will Ferrell, it was uh, what's his face. It was Steve Carell, it was Paul Rudd, and uh, the guy, Champ. (laughs) And the guy, Champ. So just like the team of these people together, they're all homies. They all get along. They were all like in a lot of movies together. And we talk about it a lot when you get the right people in the right project, it makes like this certain spark. and just i mean just that song you know they they weren't singing it but just that scene and that song and all the banter that they had back and forth brick killed a guy with the trident you know what i mean
1: what do you mean they weren't singing it
0: do you you think they were singing it yeah you think so yeah here i'm gonna find it out you take the wheel jesus take the wheel i'm gonna google and find out if they were singing it
1: this is not a church cannabis episode please do not let jeebus take the wheel if you're driving (laughs) (laughs) It would be good for your health. I promise. We'll leave that for another episode. Mm -hmm. Um, What does it say? Oh, uh, do you know what Ron Burgundy's full name is?
0: Uh, Ronald James Duchovny Burgundy. (laughs) No. What is it?
1: It's Ronald Joseph Aaron Burgundy.
0: Ronald Joseph Aaron Burgundy. (laughs)
1: Yeah, that's what he
0: says. Nice. um was that your actual voice singing anchorman delight anchorman delight (laughs) you know that classic song anchorman delight here um i found a little q a now i just gotta scan through it and find the fucking question it's them yeah they didn't answer the question they just danced around it they asked if they if if they actually sang it and then will ferrell was like yes unfortunately that was us and then they started talking about how they were singing a different song and then they all broke into song during the interview and then they stopped and then they said to answer your question yes we have recording projects in the future and that they're going to record an album or something so i don't know it might have been them i think so you think so because look
1: I'm just. I don't gonna, know. Though. I'm
0: gonna run this back real quick.
2: Night of day, and we know the night is always
1: gonna be here
2: anyway. That's Will Ferrell's
1: voice for sure. Thinking He's one. appetite. Looking forward to a be awesome. Afternoon delight.
0: Their fucking faces are crazy. It's like it's gotta be Paul Paul Rudd and Steve Carell do the highs, and then they like stop singing. Ron and Champ, and they just their faces are like just faces of approval like good job that sounds beautiful <laughs> it does i think they fucking. i think it is them because that was them. definitely will ferrell's voice it's gotta be them that's crazy man that's so dope they schooled it they did such a good job
1: yeah it's like fucking, uh john c riley in uh the other one what's it um walk harden walk hard yeah walk hard he sings all that shit, it's easy it. to
0: sing at that pitch though Sing something. Bro,
1: he sung so many sing sing songs hard. Sing song. <laughs> no. Walk <Rock> hard. <laughs> yeah, right. hard. You can't even hit the pitch. Hey, he fucking sung a lot of songs in that shit in a lot of different ways, too.
0: Here, you sing a note and I'll tell you the pitch. No. B flat.
1: Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> You're like a pitch
0: meter. Yeah, I am.
1: You know it all?
0: Um, so Another thing that was dope about this uh, this movie is that Ron Burgundy turned into like a character that would just pop up all over the place. I remember seeing him for years. And then when they put out the second movie, he was all over the place too. And it's cool because the way the character is, he could sit in on pretty much anything. He could sit in on like a news broadcast. He could sit in on a sports broadcast. He could sit in as a host for something. Uh, a guy on the scene interviewing people, like anything that a newsman would do, he can school it, because Ron Burgundy is one of the greatest newsmen ever. Will Ferrell is an actor, and he just absorbs his roles, so he becomes Ron Burgundy, and craziness ensues, so um, I have this clip of a bunch of highlights of Ron Burgundy um, guest anchoring things, I believe it is is that what it is? um something like that
1: i think it's just uh on one news program i think he just was like guest anchor for one show or something
0: yeah so imagine watching watching your local news this is just local news station you're sitting back watching whatever news station is in your area it goes the commercial or like video shows some video about the zoo and how the tiger is sick and how they're feeding him (laughs) uh like rabbits to keep him alive and shit, and then It flashes back to the news desk. They're like, back to you in the studio. And then all of a sudden, your regular news guy is replaced with Ron Burgundy. And he's just sitting there and chilling. I'd shit my pants. And then I would drive to the news station immediately because they're doing it live. And it's probably only 20 minutes from your house.
1: (laughs) Good
2: evening. I'm Amber Schatz. And I'm Ron Burgundy. Thanks for joining us tonight. And now Jared joins us with a A first look at the forecast. Jared, how are you? Well, Ron, how about yourself? I'm doing great. Yes. Uh, last time I saw you, you were a lot heavier. I feel like you lost <laughs> like 50 pounds. Yes,
1: I've lost just a little bit of weight. <laughs> well, concerned. good
2: for you. Thanks, thanks for noticing. Good for you. In other news around the state tonight, authorities say a block Friday shoplifter in Grand Forks abandoned a cart full of stolen items and hit a store employee with her car as she sped away from the parking lot. She Police not say to the laugh. incident happened around 9 a.m. Yeah. It appears it was a busy day for responders. <laughs> Firefighters also were called to a Sam's Club in Bismarck to help extinguish a trash fire in the parking lot. The fire department used approximately 500 gallons. I repeat, 500 gallons of water and foam to extinguish the fire. There were no injuries at this incident. Along with Santa's visit, families can enjoy uh, wagon rides, caroling, and s'mores in downtown man Dan and maybe they'll get a Jack Togo who
0: knows (laughs) (laughs) she's just fucking laughing her ass off and then she was trying to do her job and he's all leaning into the frame and all just like comes in out of the side that was he'd be a
1: great news anchor yep
0: he uh it was funny because he was doing his job he was doing the job of a news anchor instead of uh like what did he do he pronounced s'mores properly some uh and he leaned he leaned into her frame yeah, and he made he the Jared did. from Subway joke before he was a rapist.
1: He should did the hand thing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's the wrong character, though.
1: I know, but it's my favorite. Mm-hmm.
0: I don't know what to do with my hands. <laughs> you just put him, just put him down by your side. <laughs> it's
1: so funny. <laughs> so funny.
0: So, um, what is uh what? What is your your favorite character out of the four news team members?
1: Uh, the most ridiculous one was Steve Carell for sure.
0: Yeah, Steve Carell. That's probably. Uh...
1: He was like a walking piece of furniture. Basically, <laughs> like he fucking served no purpose in the whole movie whatsoever. He was hilarious.
0: Yeah, that's a good way to put it. A walking piece of furniture.
1: Yeah. God. <laughs> for real though, he's his best line was "I love lamp."
0: I love lamp. Yeah. And then. Uh, he fucking I remember during the fight in uh, the, the fucking like news channel fight, he had a uh, he had a hand grenade. Just yeah. out of nowhere. Just had a hand grenade, pulled the pin, and was just walking around screaming, just like ah! <laughs> and, then fucking, and then they brought it up later. They were like, Brick had a grenade. <laughs> I killed a guy with a trident. That reminds me, you should probably find some family nearby and lay low for a while. You're yeah. probably wanted for murder.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that was a good impression. Yeah, not bad. Yeah, pretty good.
0: So um
1: it smell like a turd covered in burnt hair. <laughs> all
0: right, all right. Uh one one thing that conspiracy theorists have um have picked out of this movie is the number four is very prominent in the whole movie. The station is channel number four. The Channel 4 news team has four members, originally. The opposing news team has four members. Burgundy mentions a bank loan being denied to the Human Torch, who is a member of the Fantastic Four. When Ron is talking with Fantana from a public phone, on Fantana's desk, you could see a 4x4 four four version of a Rubik's Cube. That's a lot of F's. After the first time... You see Ron delivering the news. You can see the screen divided in four, showing San Diegans repeating Ron's stay classy phrase. Behind Ron's desk, there's a piece of advertisement saying Ron Burgundy is number one in San Diego. It has four pictures of him in it. Four. Four.
1: Who are these conspirators?
0: You know what else? Everybody, every single cast member has two hands and two feet. Four. Four. And... You know how Brick wears glasses?
1: Four and uh, four.
0: Four eyes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, yeah?
0: <laughs> I can't believe this is an actual thing.
1: I know, that is pretty cool, actually. I'm sure some crazy motherfuckers came up with that, but.
0: The four. Cool. The four conspiracy. What does
1: the four have in it? Triangle. What does the triangle lead to? The Illuminati.
0: Four. Shit, a four does have a triangle in it.
1: Shit. Four Illuminati.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Careful, man. If we we don't no. we haven't really gauged Pat and Nat yet, so we can't talk about too much crazy shit. They might be part of the four Illuminati. <laughs> <laughs> four four Illuminati.
1: That's awesome.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. I have some. Uh, I have some incredibly classy facts. What you got about this film? Um, first of all. The physical inspiration for Ron Burgundy was Harold Green, who was a a old news anchor from the 70s in San Diego. And I don't know, I have this video of him. He might not, he probably doesn't sound like him or it's like crazy like him. He just kind of looks like him. So they think that's where they took him from. That, That fact is not so classy, so. Zero so far. Classy facts. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, all right.
0: Uh, let's see. The first draft included um, John C. Riley as Champ, Chris Parnell as Brick, Ben Stiller as Brian Fantana, um, Dan Aykroyd as Garth Holiday, which is who Parnell, Chris Parnell, ended up being. So, that's a uh, that's a lot of people. John C. Riley, Dan Aykroyd.
1: Yeah. Alec like Baldwin, Alec like Baldwin.
0: But if you think about um, if you think about the fight scene, there was a shitload of cameos in that fight yeah. scene. That's where yeah, Ben. there was a shitload of
1: cameos up. in general. Just so the whole fucking movie was riddled with cameos, basically.
0: Yeah. Uh,
1: Judd Apatow made a cameo.
0: That's right.
1: He's the one who said that, that the cologne smelled like a turd covered in burnt hair. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then um, Jerry Miner made a cameo. And uh, I've been listening to him on a lot of podcasts lately. He's been on Horatio Sands podcast. And he lives, uh, he lives in L.A. right next to Griffith Park.
1: Go there all the time. <clears throat>
0: uh, let's see.
1: Seth Rogen made a cameo.
0: And then add- the
1: cameraman at the cat fashion show.
0: <laughs> <laughs> God, there's so many fucking amazing scenes in this movie.
1: <laughs> he plays the funniest cameos.
0: Here, I got a. I got I got a scene right here. From this film and it's a teleprompter scene i think we all know it we all love it this is just one of the classic moments in this movie and there was something else that i wanted to add to it but it's 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 gone i've been smoking this cookies these cookies this cookies i've been smoking this cookies and it's got me like
1: (laughs) Hope you're not smoking these cookies (laughs) Those are not to be smoked. does oh, to, to
0: be smoked.
2: Let's go to Brian Fantana to live on two? the scene with a Channel Four News exclusive. Brian, hand to watch. The mood is tense. I have been on some serious, serious reports, but nothing quite like this. I, 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 I Ching King is inside right now. I tried to get an interview <laughs> with him. They said, Nope, you can't do that. He's a live bear. He will literally rip your face off. Uh, hey, you're making me look stupid. Get out here. Panda jerk. Great story. Compelling and rich. Well, that's going to do it for all of us here at Channel 4 News. You stay classy, San Diego. I'm Ron Burgundy. Damn it. Who typed a question mark on the teleprompter? For the last time, anything you put on that prompter, Burgundy will read.
0: Wow. All right. And then. uh...
1: If there was a real person who did that shit, it wouldn't there actually was yeah a real person who did that shit in real life
0: we actually uh didn't we just play a video from him wasn't it bill o'reilly
1: no but bill no. o'reilly had
0: the same thing where he was uh, he was very anal about the teleprompter and if there was nothing there he didn't know what to do
1: yeah he was just, in a sense he was really like that yeah but uh i know one that got slipped through
0: someone that some little teleprompter fuck up yeah all right all right here it is um uh, i can't say that so i'm just gonna play it
1: yeah this was a real thing this happened on the news and somebody pulled a fast one and you'll see
2: names of the four pilots who were on board the flight they are captain sum ting wong we too low Holy fook and bang, ding, ow. A
0: TV station has landed
2: Holy
1: itself in some hot That's the real life Ron Burgundy. Oh she gets my the award. God. Ka-ching.
0: No you know what way.
1: <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Somebody pulled back.
0: something wrong. We too low. Holy fuck. Bang, ding, ow. <laughs> <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit.
1: It was a plane crashing during its takeoff or some shit. It was so
0: serious. That was like such a serious situation. And, but it's like, you, did you hear about, um, there was a pilot that was flying the wrong way in like in airspace, like how there's like certain like routes in airspace and shit. Well, he was flying the wrong way down a route and ran into another plane. And uh, one of the pilots, the one that was going the wrong way, was Korean, and his name was Wong Wei. And this was 100% real. And I remember I heard it on, like, I heard it on a podcast. Someone was, like, working the door at the comedy store. And the night it happened, I want to say it was, like, Ari Shafir. And he said that there was, like, 15 comics that went up and he saw every single comic do a do a Wong Way joke. So uh, so you hear about this plane that crashed up in this guy? Pilot, name was Wong Way, and then like the crowd laughed, and then the next guy goes on and does a Wong Way joke and the crowd laughs a little bit less. And then like by by like the third or fourth time, the crowd was like, What the fuck? Are you guys like playing a joke on me? Like, <laughs> what is what's happening here? Why is every single comedian saying this? And you know, comedians show up like 10 minutes before their set and then they leave, a lot of them, because they have multiple sets in a night, especially when you're coming up. And he was like, these kids would come in thinking that they had the best joke. They're like, oh, it's right now. This shit just happened. I'm going to kill with it. And everybody had the same idea. So it's like it was it was an example of joke thievery and parallel thinking like nobody stole a joke from each other. Everybody just had the same thought because it was right there. So,
1: right then, yeah. so
0: this could have been, you know, after that or somewhere around that time. And she was like, hey, man, they got different names that sound uh, suspiciously like the things that happened. So maybe we just got to roll with it. And she was just doing her job.
1: She just didn't you figure it she,
0: You figure she would have, like, realized halfway through. But what if, like, what if you're reading it and then it starts to sound like something wrong, we too low? And you're like, wait a minute, is this a joke? And then you stop. And then if it's not a joke, you disrespected the other two people by not reading their names on TV. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I, I don't know, man. I think, it's a touchy like, it's a touchy. You got to have some type of foresight. You got to, like, read what you're reading before you say it. Obviously, if that's your job, you have to be able to, like, know how to read well and know, like, you know what I'm saying, be able to decipher what you're actually saying before you say it or you look like a dummy.
0: Yeah.
1: you don't understand what you're saying, why are you saying it type of thing, you know what I mean? And, I mean, that's obviously, there's no way that those ever could have been real.
0: Yeah. Man. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's no way. Those are
1: not the three or four people with the magic luckiest fucking name combinations ever, no.
0: Yeah, halfway through, she should have realized something was wrong. Yeah, she should have been like, eh, and then been like, "Sorry, we're having technical difficulties." The screen I went have out.
1: Five to the forehead. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yep. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, uh, um, another interesting fact that I found out was um, the voiceover was done by Bill Curtis, who is a veteran Chicago news anchor, and he refused to say penis. Okay. Now think about this movie. And how crazy it is. How, like, it gets very vulgar at times. And I'm sure that he said he cursed a lot. But he just wouldn't say penis. Because he said that it might be an embarrassment. And then after the movie did good, he said that he was open to saying it in the sequel. What the fuck, man? Like, where, what time are you living in? To where you can't say penis. It's a medical term. Penis is medical. There's nothing. We don't have to bleep that. We don't have to bleep anything, but we don't have to bleep that. You know what I mean?
1: No bleep that.
0: You could go into uh <laughs> you can go into a school <laughs> and say penis is what I was about to say. <laughs> I don't know if you can, but I'm pretty sure. if Here's I was were... a fact. Okay. <laughs> yeah, good. <laughs> no, I'm good. Just kidding. Move me away from fucking school, <laughs> from schools and penises. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay. Here's a fact, all right? Okay. During the opening credits,
0: uh huh,
1: Ron's blazer's being cleaned off with a lint roller,
0: and a lint roller wasn't around in the '70s. <laughs> the it?
1: earliest patent on a lint roller is um, August 1983.
0: Jesus, yeah. Well, uh, also, I feel like they didn't give a fuck. Yeah. But
1: uh, uh well, I, I don't right. know. Everything else was pretty error correct. They really tried to keep everything. In the seventies? The cars, the fucking Yeah. The stuff in his house.
0: Well, maybe if maybe if we were to look into it, maybe the lint roller was um, you know, the invented teacher. in San Diego by some guy that lived in San Diego and he didn't put the patent on it for like another ten years after he made it.
1: He just like hooked around you up.
0: Yeah, but he would like sell them in like fucking shops and shit around town. And then someone was like, who made this? Let's get rich. And then they patented it. So maybe it was around and Ron Burgundy like had the hookup at his like tailor. His tailor was like, look, man, I got this shit. This dude, he makes this sticky roll, gets all the fucking, all the, all the fuzz off you, your little dog fuzz. There was a, that's another penis fact. Uh, Baxter's, (laughs) Baxter's uh, dick was in the movie a whole lot. And oh, yeah. they ended up cutting it out of a lot of the movie. They circumcised it. Nice. So, um, during uh, during the end of one of the newscasts, the credits roll on the screen on the small news screen in the studio, and you see a couple names pop up. Uh, John Hamm and Adam Scott are two of them, and they were they weren't as huge as they are now. I mean, John Hamm, like, he was a madman. Now he's in everything else. Adam Scott was just recently in uh, fucking The Krampus and his run on Parks and Rec and everything else that he's been in. But uh, this was like, they were still kind of unknown and they were homies with Paul Rudd. They all got along and smoked weed together, probably. So uh, he put their names in the credits, kind of like as a shout out to his homies. So like if you were you know in a movie and they were like making this thing and they were just all like all right now we're just going to run some fake credits and you were like hey put in my homies like <laughs> here's the fake names that you use and then you just use the real names of your friends and give them a little shout out which is dope you know what i mean yeah it's cool uh it's cool like all these all these like uh little groups of actors that we talk Steak about all the time. Together
1: like
0: that? Yeah. Yeah, always looking out for each other and shit. Yeah,
1: I think that's super respectable for sure. So, it's uh, definitely the way to go.
0: So, I have um, I have another scene of Ron Burgundy getting down on the jazz flute that we could smoke. Jazz to. flute. Jazz flute. A uh, little blaze, little NHP smoke sesh before we get out of here. Um, and um, I know that when, he's. What's up? Go ahead. I was just going to say that he's been playing the flute since he was like three. That's a thing that Will Ferrell apparently has been singing and playing the flute his whole life. So you wonder why it's not in more of his movies. Yeah. Like that's the only movie I can think of that I've seen him play it.
1: Yeah, well, it says in the club when he plays the flute, he plays in the style of Ian Anderson, the lead singer. And flautist, is that how you say if somebody who plays the flute?
0: Uh, f- <laughs> of yeah. Jethro huh. Tull, anyways. Flautist, flutist,
1: something like that. Whatever.
0: <laughs> Whatever. I don't know. I'm not a fucking flautist. Well, I think you say flautas.
1: Yeah, that's something.
0: Yeah, that's either that's <laughs> either a person that plays a flute or a Mexican dish. Yeah. One of the two. Surprise, <laughs>
2: Guys, E Sarlem Shakedown, E flat. Keep the simple splashy, And uh, Jerry, let's take the bass for a walk. <laughs> Hold on. I'm not hearing it
1: right. Hold on. I don't know if I buy that.
2: We got it now. It's all right. Fire up, Ronnie. Little ham and eggs coming at you. Hold on, people. Hope you got your griddles. <coughs> uh. 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 That's baby making music. That's what that is. Uh.
1: Go <laughs> we'll for be a rapper. Let's
2: go. <laughs>
0: Oh, shit damn Aqualung
1: which was a jethro Tull
0: song dope so um so cat catay cat catsy catsy Buckingham I can't say that right uh was the one that played Ron Burgundy's flute solo. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, okay. He also played Todd, the young man who gave Alyssa Milano a hickey in Who's the Boss? Episode The Hickey. (laughs) And he also played the flute and saxophone on Dr. Dre's The Chronic.
1: Hell yeah.
0: That's dope, right? Yeah, so the same dude that was freaking that flute right there in that scene also recorded all the flute and the saxophone that you hear on Dr. Dre's The Chronic, which I'm going to listen to today just for flute and saxophone. <laughs> yeah,
1: I'm going to see. Where is
0: that? Yeah, I'm going to see where it is. But, where uh, it's at. Where it's at. Sorry, I said it wrong. I'm going to see where it's at. I forgot to put respect on it.
1: Put some respect on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, put some respect when you mention my name.
0: That's dope though. It's uh, it sucks that Will Ferrell's been playing the flute since he was three, but <laughs> couldn't. But they had to have a stand-in flute player to make it better. Is <laughs> that a natural
1: habitat fact or like an actual fact?
0: Um, um,
1: that's a mad hat fact
0: all day. I don't know, man. I feel like I read that somewhere. All right. Here, I'm gonna try to. I'm gonna try to find it. I'm not finding it. What is it? Uh let's see, I can I can do it like this. I can go find on page and I can type in flute. All right. Uh jazz flute. says in the nightclub, Ron plays Jazz Flute, Ian Anderson, leader of Jets Tull Toll, fl- Flute Flautist
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah. What's up with that? Floutist. Right? What is
0: up with that? Um, Let's see. Let's try it like yeah, this. Fancy and shit. Okay. Will Farrell has played flute since elementary school. That is a fact that is on IMDB, which means it may or may not be true. You heard me?
1: Probably may not.
0: I don't know, man. I think it's real because it also says that one of Brian Fantana's colognes is called Lime Prop yeah which also sounds real,
1: which the fucking clones were also from the 2000s and not the seventies <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah and what uh what what were the names sex panther
1: yeah something like that sex what Panther it's horrible yeah
0: well um I feel like uh I feel like there's multiple scenes in this movie there's just too much shit like there's a lot of shit that we didn't that we didn't talk about, that we didn't touch on. Yeah. But,
1: uh, um, every time we do one of these, <laughs> 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 that's, uh, that's Saturday matinee style, bro. Yep. That's the, can't, can't fit it all in one episode. We just got to get people pumped and ready to go watch the shit.
0: Yeah. Go watch it because, uh, we get monetization every time that you play it. No, no. Okay. Uh, cause we enjoy it and we think that you will too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There it is uh yeah we enjoyed this and we think that you will too so go go watch it i'm gonna go listen to dr draves the chronic
1: yeah don't listen to this
0: yeah don't listen to that uh <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna listen to that you don't listen to that yeah if you do only listen for flutes and saxophones and then um and watch, more flute. And watch the film with the flute flute on flute on flute no. on brothers no. and sisters no. Catch a flute? Catch a flute? I don't give a flute. <laughs> um, I don't know, man. I feel like I feel like there's there's one more. <laughs> I feel like you got one more in you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I'm good.
0: No, you got there's got to be one more flute button.
1: No, I'm good. All right. Natural Habitat Recordings.